Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I do not defeat Chris Jericho at full gear, I will never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Chris Jericho, that is a very big if. It's not an encumbrance, it's not an albatross that is gonna sit on your chest and weigh you down. It is going to vanish. You've taken to calling my lot entitled millennials. You've called me an entitled millennial bitch. <laughs> I neglected to read in your best-selling book, A Lion's Tale, which you can get on Amazon for $3. Three dollars. The shade, the fucking shade. Or at any flea market. I neglected to read about the upbringing you had that was so hard. You talked about my silver spoon. Gosh, it must have been so difficult being the upper class son of a famous hockey player. It is almost like we shared the exact same silver spoon, you stupid dick. (laughs) Nobody ever talks about the fact that Jericho's dad played for the New York Rangers. That's crazy. I honestly didn't know. It's not like I put that much um, thought into Jericho's life. (laughs) You've talked about my father. Well, you call me an entitled millennial, I call you a carny succubus because the dirty secret about you, the dirty secret is you need this generation more than it needs you. And you've surrounded yourself with impressionable youth. This isn't about my dad. This isn't about the dead, it's about the living. It's about my mother. It's about my sister. It's about my wife. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un-goddamn deniable. It's Mother Ran, T. Cole, Rock Knowledge, V. Neo X, and producer G1. The Map Mania Podcast. The Southwest Authority in wrestling, hip-hop, and everything in between. Oh, God! What's going on, y'all? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is the three most important letters in sports, entertainment, digital media on the Southwest. M-M-P. What's going on, y'all? I'm your host, G1, a.k.a. G1 to the rescue, host and producer alongside the squad today, as usual. Uh, I guess two out of the four ain't bad. Yeah, two out of four ain't bad, man. But then we also have a person of some great importance in here, so let's go by the numbers uh, to my immediate right. You know who it is. It's the villain. Go download and go stream Black Phillip right now and all of your major streaming and purchasing platforms worldwide. It's the motherfucking villain, the two-time Phoenix New Times. Two-time. Two-time. Time. Two time, two time. T call, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, yo, what up, everybody? How you doing today? Yeah. On Sunday. On Sunday, man. It's our new this is, recording. This is the day. first time we done switched it up. 
So y'all will be getting this um, bright and early Monday morning. Start your work week. Top of the week with Mad Mania Podcast, of course. And then to my immediate left, left side's the best side. Man, let me tell you, this guy right here, one of my good buddies, one of my, uh, I won't say longtime friends, but it kind of feels that way because we all <laughs> been running in the same circles for a minute. Uh, from our brother podcast, the Steel Cage Podcast, I guess you can support those guys too. Ladies and gentlemen, my homie, Captain Motherfucking Caveman. Yo. What's happening, fellas? What's good, man? Happy to be here, man. Happy to be talking about wrestling. It was a fun week. We had fun this week. I I see no drinks with you, but you had some before you got here, I may have had some drinks before I came here. Would you you have something good? Uh, Yeah, there's a little brewery down the street called Ren House that produces a uh, a pumpkin beer that's that I don't really like pumpkin stuff that much. I know pumpkin rock beer. I know rock would love it. Yeah, it's a pumpkin beer, but it's very yeah, high. Yeah, look alcohol. who's not here today. Yeah, rock. You could have been somewhere having a pumpkin beer. We cast enjoying it. It was smooth, but uh, rock yeah. rock pumpkin beers last time. We were here. We did, and they were really good. They yeah. were really, I forgot what brand it was. It it's, was really good. Yeah. This place, this place down the street, those legit. So, uh, no, it's great, great, uh, great little spot. Been having actually a lot of fun around Phoenix. There's a lot of spots that uh, that I've discovered recently, and I mean, I don't know, man. I've lived here for a long time, and we didn't used to have uh, as as cool of bars and restaurants that we have now. So it's a fun time to to be living in Central Phoenix. Mm. I yes, totally sir. agree, man. Like. What I've been learning just within the 10 years off and on that I've been living here is there's so much more to meets the eye to Phoenix as a city. I mean, technically on the census, it is still the fifth largest city in America. And, and that's, that's a lot of cities in America. And so to be in top five is is pretty crazy. Right. So, man, it's, it's a lot of growth. It's a lot of jobs out here. You got a lot of folks, especially from. Yeah, well, from, that's, uh, the, that's the word right there is growth, because growth. as big as it is, it's still building. They're still building outward. Yeah. And then a lot of people who've been living here a long time, they've noticed that a lot of old stuff is being either bought and torn down and then revamped like areas are being rebuilt up yeah and that well that's the thing is we're also building culture here though because we didn't have a lot of culture All, our culture here was strip malls and shit you know what i mean <laughs> so like now that's the cool thing about some of the spots that i went to you know they're, they're they are they're trying to put like well-known restaurants and bars and in, in older spots that are were different buildings maybe they were some sort of like refinery or something and now they're making it into a restaurant or whatever but that that's when stuff starts getting cool in my opinion yeah I mean, like you said the culture because phoenix being a melting pot where people just come from all over and then um you know later um later feet here you know make this home right i mean so, the, the so only, you get all the different cultures from other places there's a that, lot of us from the midwest here. you know just like yeah, the right just and that, like that's just, what's beautiful i love the food you guys <laughs> yeah, brought just with. like you just got harold's <laughs> out here you know yeah, we just harold's got white castle out here harold's white castle Umanati's, all all uh, the pizza Gino's places East. coney yes. island uh, yeah. we got giordano's out in peoria man portillo's uh, yeah portillo yeah portillo's uh even though even though it's kind of a nationwide thing Still, I yeah. first discovered it at home. Jet Shake Shack. Pizza. Shake Shack. Uh, yeah, Shake Shack's I, legit. Because I, I first discovered that at home. So I knew it was a chain, but I first discovered it at home in Chicago. So naturally, when I seen they had a couple of them out here, I'm like, yo. Because now I go to this, now I go to the new Shake Shack, which is over by the the, the remodeled uh, Apple store inside of the Scottsdale oh, yeah, Mall. Yeah, yeah. Well, not remodeled new because it wasn't there to begin with. But yeah, it's still no and, and as we were talking about, like, off mic about, like, movie theaters and stuff like oh, that. Oh, man. Like, it's so crazy, like, as much as I am in the movies and hearing, like, how um, ticket sales are going down and the movie theater business is, like, in the dumps and stuff. How? Like, there's so many, like, indie, <laughs> like, 
I'm calling them indie because they're like, um, I guess, local or whatever. Yeah, like, like we were just talking about the Flix Bar yeah. House, and then they Flix have the Alamo, house, yeah. yeah, the Flix Brew House, and then the Alamo Draft Houses out here. Then you got Harkins and AMC. Like, there's so many different choices of movie theater out here. It reminds me of these bullshit articles you see where they talk about millennials killing everything, right? Mm-hmm. That I was telling my wife, from my point of view, millennials are just smarter. Like we're just we're, we're just getting smarter as we get as we go along, right? And so millennials don't want to go waste their money on on just a, a a bad movie theater with bad popcorn when they can stay home with their 4K TV and you watch a movie in like two Absolutely. months when it comes out on Blu-ray, right? Absolutely. I mean. So, like, I like the fact because of, like, some of the bars we went to last night were speakeasies and, like, tiki-themed bars. And, and there was a bar that was inside of a train car, and it looked like some shit from Universal Studios and the right. Hogwarts train. It was dope. And like, that's 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 the direction I think millennials push things, where people yeah, have to be more you, inventive you with their spots. You have to be more you know? inventive. You have to make shit exciting. It's like... Motherfuckers wouldn't wouldn't have enjoyed school so much without that recess. We'd have been fucking miserable. <laughs> for real. <laughs> been a lot more dropouts. You, you gotta have that recess. Like that's so necessary right. to have like an hour to to just not be glued to that motherfucking desk. That little weak ass desk that we that I first learned how to make beats on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know the first drum machine. But yeah, to those people that say millennials killed everything, I won't yeah. say all that. I say to you, motherfuckers, though. There you go. Goofers down. <laughs> No, it's just technology and technology growing and moving forward. Right. Like you were saying, you know, if um, and a lot of the stuff is doing it. Like I'll be like, dang, that movie is out of theaters already, and it's already printed up on DVD, or they're already yeah. something like a month later. Yeah, so man. now with streaming stuff or whatever, like <laughs> it's even Dis- faster. Disney app is about to have um, everything in game on it already. Yeah. Well, streaming, stuff, you know, yeah. so the X Men cartoon, the Spider Man cartoon, the Gargoyles cartoon, every fucking Marvel film. Oh, like, also, and The Simpsons, and by the all, way. It's every every season of The Simpsons. Disney Plus, I told motherfuckers this a while back ago when they first announced it. Netflix and chill finna be played out. It's finna be Disney Plus with her titties sucked. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I was trying to actually get to the point about how quickly things go to streaming because even some of these yeah. movies, the day that they're released, they're also on streaming. Yeah, yeah like so some of the more it's like, films. Like, I go on the day. AMC app and see that you can, like, I can, you can stream movies that are still they in the theater. Have, yeah, they got Apple. Well, like, and I also see there's times I want to see movies in theaters and it's already out of the theater by the time I like get around to it you know like I missed I was busy a month or whatever and it's gone yeah. already right yeah so that's, that's part of it man I mean but you gotta try I, to hit the pole lot I don't know they, it's, they be having the, you know three dollars hey you know what I'm <laughs> saying though like hey for real Applebee's is the best example of how they embrace the millennial culture right Applebee's was a failing restaurant chain and they just decided to fully go in on like the college student and what the college student wants the prices and the prices and they be having cheap drink specials Dollar margaritas, yep. dollar cranberry exactly. and vodka. Like, what are the fucking odds right. that a failing chain would just be yeah. like, you know what? We in order to get something you never had, you got to do something. Nighttime, nighttime. Here's, here's um, it's it's one of those things that like, like okay, Applebee's <coughs> was expensive as fuck, right? Yeah. I mean, it's expensive as any other restaurant you would go sit down on, and the food wasn't that good. People figure that shit out, and then that's how your restaurant kind of goes down the tubes, right? So if you just kind of embrace like, hey, our food's kind of bad, but at least it's cheap, and so are the drinks. People are gonna be like, you know what? I like you. It's cool. Right. I know it's not that great, but I'm broke and I want to come sit down at a restaurant. So yeah, they got like there. nighttime reverse happy hours and shit. All sorts of shit. Um, some of them be having karaoke. Like, yeah. I think what G1 said though is the big thing. Like, I always see those drink specials, like dollar vodka yeah. drinks. Yeah, they put whatever. that shit right on. <laughs> That's Facebook what I'm saying. Too. When you yeah, have the reverse happy hour, I go there at night. Like, oh, yep. y'all got dollar um whatever. 
bot, give me whatever. <laughs> I don't even care what it is. Give it to me. Whatever your drink special is. I know it's the bottom shelf of whatever it is. <laughs> I ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> not for a dollar. You better not be. <laughs> but hey, you man. You drinking rubbing alcohol and juice. <laughs> Yo, but. Uh, not even juice. You're getting drink. <laughs> some rubbing alcohol and some drink. Tag. Rubbing alcohol and drink. Sugar water and red. <laughs> Sugar water, red, rubbing Sugar. alcohol. Water. <laughs> Red. <laughs> hey man, so listen, uh, people, our, our people on social media. If you know of any great places that you think uh, Matt Mania should go, especially for those of you in in the Phoenix area, but really anywhere because we get around, we travel too. So if you know of any places that you think we should check out, as far as bars, speakeasies, movie theater type shit, even like arcade bars, we're really heavy into that too. Let us know. You know to hit us up on Twitter at Matt Mania Podcast, and of course at Matt Mania Pod on Instagram. Yeah, man, let us know. And then thank you also to our Patreon subscribers because of this great, great, great thing that you do that no other listeners do. And what is that, gentlemen? Pay that money. money. Yes, indeed, man. Hey, so again, we appreciate you. And, of course, we're going to have a Patreon episode coming for you guys soon as well. But, uh, man, let's get into uh, putovers. And since we have a special guest here today, we're going to see what he's feeling. I mean, we got a bulk of it with bars and shit. But if, you, <laughs> if you had a particular thing, uh, Captain K, man, we're going to let you go first for today's putovers. My um, I'm going to, and I'm sure you guys have put this over before, but I'm going to put over Dolomite is my name on Woo! Netflix. Yes. Um, and I, yes. I like I can't express enough like how big of an Eddie Murphy fan I am, right? But the the weird part about Eddie Murphy is is like like a lot of people know ever since you know, ever since the the shit he got into, ever since the whole nutty professor thing, we we just haven't had the real Eddie Murphy, you know, and just the first uh 2 minutes into that film. My god. Is it, like just that opening line, just the just just the uh, you know, people love me. Just that. Just for a, a motherfuckers play my record. Play my record. You know, just all of that shit. Like, I knew the minute that that movie started that this was going to be uh, an enjoyable, great experience. I didn't know that it was going to be as good as it was. Like, it was such a... It was a, actually kind of serious role for Eddie Murphy. Right. It was, it, was, it was a healthy amount of comedy, but it was comedy that made sense according to the story. It seemed very real. There's, like I, I remember Rudy Ray Moore just from my brothers being older than me and watching, like, Human Tornado and, and, Mac, and Mac and all that shit. But, like, I remember seeing uh, Rudy Ray Moore and some of those earlier things that he did. And, like, number one, he I would definitely credit him as one of the godfathers of hip-hop because not too many rhyming like Rudy Ray and Dolomite, <laughs> man. But, uh, but other than that, it, uh, this is probably the best impersonation of Rudy Ray Moore I've ever fucking seen. It's just, you know, and the thing about it is, like, wow. Eddie Murphy, he's played a lot of different roles. It's like you said, and... Obviously, some of his best work was early on Beverly Hills Cop, where he yes, had sir. that balance of it being a, a serious movie, but his comedy. his comedy being in there and being the perfect choice. amount, right? But this this particular movie, I mean, I don't know, man. I think the thing is, like I said, it's not like Eddie Murphy hasn't been active. It's not like Eddie Murphy hasn't been making money in Hollywood. You know, he made so much money off of Shrek. It's Too undescribed and describable. Enough to, to, to Yo, retire. so what do you think about his movie career? Because I feel like Eddie Murphy got some stinkers in there, man. Of course he does. Of I feel like does. Disney be Disney be fucking people over, man. I think that Haunted Mansion and then what's the movie he did where he was, um, where he was the alien and like, um, it was an alien inside Eddie Murphy's body and so... 
It almost was like Men in Black. Yes. Yeah. You know the movie I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. But the problem. You're looking weird. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm like, no, because. <laughs> the I'm, outer shell was Eddie Murphy, and then it was somebody inside Eddie Murphy's head. So, Eddie Murphy was basically like an android robot in the, oh, in the movie. Okay. Here's the thing. Is... Eddie Murphy got caught with a transsexual prostitute in his car, <laughs> right? And then you see a and drastic people, da- and people stop talking about that. Well, it's because he it's did Doctor Doolittle. It's not just Cut that. that shit. Well, it's 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 the fact that from that point on, you could tell like there was almost a, a an active effort in his career to make him more wholesome, oh, yeah. so that people just like forgot R. Kelly, that, right? And it was a success. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not to say it was necessary. You know, like sometimes you just whatever it happens, like Bill Cosby life. Oh man! Oh no! Uh, oh, you know, uh, one of the members. There's a reason Bill Cosby started telling people to stop sagging their pants and pull their pants up. <laughs> one of the dudes from the Steel Cage was telling me how they were going to see Bill Cosby uh, a long time before all of the stuff went down. Long time. So, long time. 2004. You know, long time before the accusations came out. And uh, man, there was somebody that. Straight up just told him at the time, like, you know, you might want to look into Bill Cosby's accusations (laughs) against him. And they were like, yeah, whatever. And they would saw him anyway. But then they found out, like, years later, like, that that lady was right. (laughs) Yo, that's that's why it's so funny even um, when... um, Hannibal Burris brought it back up. Oh, God. And people were saying, like, oh, he's the reason that, you know, Bill Cosby went to jail and all this stuff. And Hannibal was like, I was saying some shit that I thought everybody already knew. Everybody knew, knew right? They were, making, like, they were making jokes about it on, on 30 Rock before he even brought it up in his stand-up. Right? So it's like, you know? just just because you, you re-brought it up in the, in the current, you know, state of the culture sure. is why it went to the lengths that it went. Yeah. Because right. obviously, like, the R. Kelly shit. And we're not not wanting to talk about him on the show, but the stuff that he was doing, everybody already knew, right. and people like knew and then forgot about it because he did. I believe I can fly and shit like that. And they're well, like, "Oh yeah, R. Kelly's good again." But you know what it is. But it's right? like then when he came back out again, then they're like, "Oh no, this shit won't stand in this culture." Every, <laughs> every single person was like, "My mind is telling me no, but my body, my ears, is my body me is that. telling me yes." And, and I mean, and I mean, let's just and I mean, she would have just moved out the way. Right. <laughs> well, and see, that's the wild shit about Eddie Murphy is. Right, Eddie Murphy didn't even do anything really bad. Right, Eddie Murphy literally just got pulled over in a police by police with this person in his car that he alleged was a friend that was also happened to be a transgender. Man, prostitute. it's just it's just black hip hop culture, and it's the um the what you call it that that lies deep beneath it the um the homophobia yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. That's that right. you know is it's finally starting to you know get cleaned up. But back then, it's like. Even if that's what he wanted to do and what he liked to do, it wasn't, you're trying to keep it on the low. It wasn't good for because, the career, right? Exactly, because now people is going to try to play you right. because you did that. Like, oh, he gay. Like, if he gay, yeah. that's his business. Right. Like, or if he not gay and he just like chicks with dicks or something. I, mean, I don't know. Like, that's, I mean, we don't, we don't shun, we're not shunning Lil Nas X and he came out the closet. But not right, but he all. came out now. Yeah. Remember yeah, how they did Mr. True. C when they said they found Mr. C oh, with the right, with the right. transsexuals? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like now it's getting at the point where people can be more themselves. But shit, I still remember the time where um they were saying that Tiger was fucking with um a transsexual, or whatever, and hey. that was gonna ruin his career. I want to, I want to shout out to modern day culture for their acceptance of people's sexual preferences because fucking RVD posted a picture with his wife. 
and his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yes, and sir. all people said about it was, how fucking brave is he? This guy's so brave. I applaud him for him and his sexual preferences and being brave enough to stand out here and talk about it. Yo, RVD's got a lot more moves that he's um, brave for doing than taking a picture with two chicks. Man, <laughs> for bro. real. But uh, yeah, man, that's a that's a good little little note. What yeah, check mean? out Dolomite. You said it's called Dolomite. Do- Dolomite is my name. That's on Netflix, Dolomite. right? Netflix, Netflix original series yeah. with an ensemble cast of real motherfuckers. You know, Eddie Murphy is built, about actors. to start doing stand up again, and he's going to be doing a stand up tour. That's yes, dope. I'd go see him. Y'all thinking he's going to be good? I don't know, man. He's got a lot we to say because people keep on talking about. I mean, yeah, his first two stand ups, you know, they're. You know they're classics, right. delirious, and but it's but, like if you take like if you taking that much time away, but obviously the same shit is still going on. I'm sure he got a lot of dialogue. He got a lot People of stories. Haven't heard him speak on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can lose you can lose your delivery though. Like sure. he, but he gonna regain it. What I like about what he's doing is that that's why Dave Chappelle, you know, he's hitting all the independent comedy clubs. Yeah, that's the same. Filming. You know, yeah, that's the same thing Dave did when I saw him out here um, at um. Fuck. Wherever Tempe I saw him at. Nah, bigger. Uh, Comerica. Oh, Comerica. I saw him at Comerica. Oh. Yeah. He some of the same jokes he did there was on the tape special, but that's because he was practicing his material. That's how it usually he, goes. Yeah. All I know is if if he can deliver on, on ambulance like he does in this movie, <laughs> I'm I have confidence in his delivery. <laughs> I don't think it goes away. I think he's still funny as hell. This movie was that that's one thing was like you said it's serious and it, and it, that's the weird part about it is it's a real movie and it's it a real is. story about a guy's life. It's a real story about a dude who believed in himself enough as a star despite the fact that nobody else did and was like I'm going to make it somehow. I don't care if it's right. singing these hokey ass songs. I don't care if it's being a host. And eventually he mm-hmm. found his way in, in, you know, but then he, you know, the, the, the fact that he went on to, to use his own money to try Absolutely. to make this movie. Like I had this poster on my wall when I was a kid, just because I thought it was a fucking cool movie poster. Right. Absolutely. And it's crazy. Now it to, right. what, Dolomite? To, the Dolomite poster. <laughs> That's yeah. Funny Cause I hell. fucking, I used to go to Zia records all the time and just buy like old movie posters. Cause I thought it was cool. <laughs> hey, no, That's for real. Dolomite. Like I was like 12 years old That's with a Dolomite poster in my fucking yeah, room. Man, I, I, I ended up seeing uh, both Dolomite. Dolomite and Human Tornado on VHS. My my brothers were both born in the 70s, 75 and 78 respectively. So like that's I had older influence. So that was all the fuck yeah. I knew. I'm the youngest person in this room, but most of my influence all comes from shit that happened before I got here. But I'm, uh, I'm the same way because my brothers were older too. So I was absolutely. like sometimes I don't even know why I saw certain movies because when I do like, the math on it, I was like I was seven when I how did I watch Boomerang with a straight face? Right, anyway, right. Uh, but either, yeah, man. Either one of y'all ever see the movie Mr. Church? Yes. No. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> hey man, uh, let's let's get into uh, yeah. Our let's next put over. Let's wrap these, let's wrap up, these um, put overs up in this next couple minutes. So, seeing how it's Sunday, um, and we also lost John Witherspoon a couple weeks ago, I decided to put over Black Jesus. So I went yes. and started watching Black Jesus oh, again. Oh man, I love that show. And um, Black Jesus is currently. Um, there's a new season yeah. that's, that's been um, coming on, so I've been watching a third season. I was kind of surprised by that when my DVR started recording it again. I was like, I don't know why I thought it was a wrap, but I was oh, like, wow. wow, it's still on. Good. Yeah. I love yeah. that show. The third, show. the third season took a while to come back out. but Yeah, but like Slink was, was touring on all the radio stations before he had actually before he actually put it out that same week because he was on The Breakfast Club not that long ago. 
when yeah. season three came. That interview was funny as hell. And then you know it's got Charlie Murphy in it. R.I.P. to Charlie Murphy. Man, I, now it's got I'm John Witherspoon. So it's like I'm I'm blessed to say that I that was one of the first major comedians I seen just before he died. They uh, Charlie Murphy. Cedric the Entertainer, George Lopez, Eddie Griffin, and Char- and, and uh, one other person, they all were on tour together. And when they came out here, me and my wife went to that. I think it was the Comedy Get Down Tour hosted wow. by George Lopez. Uh, that's a good so show. So I got to see Charlie Murphy and all these guys, you know, just before Charlie Murphy died. So that was a blessing. And me and my wife was looking like, hey, you know, he's much smaller than... You know, he was already a small dude, but you know, really skinny, oh, was, kind of noticed starting that. to see him being sick. Yeah, but he was, but he was like, he was living it. He was up there cracking jokes. He was roasting people in the fucking crowd, whether they were gay, straight, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Everybody was getting. I'm like, oh yeah, he the real deal. So check so. this out. Let me get him the overview of this real quick. So it's also from the producer of the Boondocks, Aaron Magruder. Yes, sir. So this comes on Adult Swim, and the overview says. Adult Swim is never afraid to go beyond the boundaries of what most people consider good taste, so the not necessarily PC premise of this show shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. Black Jesus (laughs) spotlights Jesus living in modern-day Compton, California, trying to spread love and kindness throughout his neighborhood on a daily basis, mostly assisting in his mission as a small but loyal group of downtrodden followers. The live-action series was created by Aaron Magruder, who, as I said, previously did The Boondocks. Yes, sir. Um, you got, as I said, Slink Johnson, Charlie Murphy, Corey yes, Holcomb, yes, sir. John Witherspoon, yes, sir. Yes, sir. These are all Angela like, Gibbs. Yes, these are all like the greats of the great, man. So, like, yeah. like it's great. Yeah. So... Is um like twenty minute episodes, so you know how Adult Swim do it. Sometimes they do fifteen minute episodes, but I think um I think all the Black Jesus shows are like twenty minutes. So yeah, go check it out. Like you can knock through a couple seasons of it real quick. It's just some good, you know. It's Sunday after you get out of church. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or on Monday when you get out of work, because that's what I'm going to do when I get off work at 1130. I go home, watch a couple episodes of Black Jesus before I call it a night. It's yeah. an awesome show, man. Slink does an amazing job. Yeah, I've seen him um, do stand-up live at um, 10 p.m. Prof. Mm. That ought to be a fun show. i definitely love to see that. But no, man, thank you definitely for that, T. Uh, man, I'm actually going to put over, and, you, and you'll be really surprised. Uh, I mean, I'm... I became a Power fan. Rangers. No, I became a fan of uh, <laughs> of Griselda during the last three years that I've known you guys, and I've kind of gotten exposed to a lot of their music. So it's shouts Griselda. Out, shouts out to that whole camp, but more specifically, more recently, West Side Guns' uh, most recent project came doop, doop, out, doop, and I believe doop, doop. that's uh, Hitler Wears Hermes Seven, right? Yeah, yes, sir. The project Hitler Wears Hermes Seven. I literally when I say. I understand why these guys are, uh, are as over as they are, not because they all talented individuals and, and it's really, everything they do is really just a nod to good old fashioned classic hip hop when you didn't need a lot of production grandeur, you just needed a chop sample and some clever words. And the shit worked out so fucking well. And uh, this particular album, I remember I smoked something good. I was sitting in front of my, my studio desk at my new place because I just moved. And um, I just was just engulfing in everything. And for some reason, like the what's the shit with the 
The cocaine, I want to thank you. No, Pyrex, I want to thank yeah. you. He had no words on that damn song other than that and a couple of things, but that's the hardest shit on I mean, I think that's the biggest love, thing about it's, it. It's they're, such a feeling, man. That just, whole album is a vibe, bro. It's it's hard to be hard these days, and like not a lot of people want to even go there. And that's yeah. the thing is, is like, uh, their lyrics are, are so ridiculous sometimes but at the same time it's it's them it's it's them it's being them. themselves and are. it's so like, fucking good yeah God, rex i want to thank you <laughs> that's my shit but no i love that whole album it's so many solid fucking uh lyrics and some of these some of these beats are just fucking phenomenal like man the, some like the in-house guy who they work with i forgot his name and then a couple of other great production appearances west side guns hitler wears her mess seven solid album i'm still catching up with all the griselda shit because you motherfuckers release albums in the same fashion that lil wayne used to release mixtapes so it's really hard to keep up with everything at once but the stuff that i get a chance to catch i'm i'm always like Oh, this shit is top notch. I fuck with it. So much love to West Side Gun. Do, 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 do. Boom, 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 boom. He was front row yesterday at, a at AEW Full Gear. We'll talk about that in a minute. So speaking of which, man, let's get into some wrestling, man. We're going to get into some of this. They should have never gave you motherfuckers to <laughs> Oh, boy. But yeah, man, we're going to get into some of this wrestling news, man. A lot of, a lot of things happened uh, this past week, of course. Uh, just starting with the WWE stuff, we know we um, we had a lot of the NXT invasion stuff still happening, man. And on Raw, uh, of course, Seth Rollins, you know, got a taste of all four members of the Undisputed Era, you know, with the inclusion of Adam Cole, baby. And uh, yeah, man, we want to elaborate a little bit on favorite moments from Raw. I just think in general, all of the NXT invasion shit is exciting as it's hell. It's been great, it's, hasn't it? Yeah, it's weird because it's one of those things. This is why having an actual separate roster versus kind of mashing it all together the way they have with Raw and SmackDown over the past year. Yeah. This is why it makes a difference, right? But Absolutely. I think the other exciting thing is to see NXT uh, like it, it attacking in the way that they are. I liked when Imperium showed up. I like <laughs> just all that Whoa, shit was fucking I almost fell out of my fucking chair. I'm like, oh, you know them, my yeah. guys. Yeah. Those are my guys. Yeah. Like, and they did it in front of the UK crowd and then the yeah, locker room kind of dumped out. It wasn't just yeah. like, you know what I mean? It Yo, wasn't you just, said those your guys, but didn't one of those guys just turn? Uh, one, oh. of the, one of the Imperium dudes? Yeah, what just happened where they said that, um, didn't that happen on NXT this Wednesday? Because it was Imperium and um, somebody else, and they said that um, somebody turned on Wolf. So what group is Wolf in? Wolf, Wolf is, is in Imperium. Imperium. Yeah, so they said one of the members turned on him. Oh, so I think shit. one of the members. I might have low-key missed it. I think one of the members of Imperium done jumped shit. Oh, oh. So That's look that crazy. up and um I'm definitely gonna, yeah, yeah, and I and verify that one of y'all. We don't normally verify stuff, but yeah, fuck that. I'm verifying everything. Yeah, you know, but it. it's yeah, been man. it's been awesome, man. I mean, I think that it's been one of the few things that's worked. And I don't know. Obviously, this was their intention because before the whole thing with the Saudi trip going south was announced, they'd already made the announcement that NXT was going to be a part of Survivor Series. So I don't think this was like any kind of a super surprise. Yeah, well, I don't um, think it was like a crazy move, but I think it ended up working out really well for that episode of SmackDown. Because it just makes for these great dream match type scenarios. Like, right. Who would have ever thought they would see like even even just going back to last week's SmackDown that Daniel that Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole match was fucking amazing. So, oh God, so yes. When you, that's what I'm saying. When you just have yeah. shit like that that you get to do with this, why the fuck not? I don't care if we knew about it in, in advance or not. Like. 
This shit was gold. Super gold, man. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated at NXT, man, was just um, the dynamic uh, with the o- with the OC coming through. Yeah, yeah. The and, NXT uh, storyline is the it's got the best storyline yeah, right now yeah, with um, Finn being on NXT, and then you had the OC come, so the, the OC, OC jumped. Um, such a great scenario. jumped undisputed era. Yep. And then, and then since Finn came Shane out and Finn he and jumped the dudes with Undisputed Era, but then Adam Cole jumped yeah. AJ, so it's like you and got you all the Finn Bullet Club members there now. Like, you don't know. These are all the leaders. Every every Bullet Club leader that we know, with the exception of uh, with the exception of Kenny Omega, uh, are all and Cody Rhodes are all in WWE. Every every Bullet Club: Adam Cole, Finn Balor. Which was the first in fucking uh, AJ Styles. Like these are all the super, super, super right. Bullet Club leaders. Well, yeah, you got some. You got and some. no, no, I was just gonna say the thing with the Bullet Club has always been that the Bullet Club leader has always been kind of um, usurped. So uh, Adam Cole was one of the Bullet Club leaders. Bang, bang. And and the one cool dynamic with this was when Finn Balor first turned on Gargano, we didn't know what direction it was going with it. Right? They were all standing there making the UE signal. Yeah. Balor holds up the two guns, you know. <laughs> that shit was awesome, you know. All of it has been awesome. It's weird, all of but been really solid. Uh, the, I think the only failure on WWE's part in this whole thing is allowing all of this to happen on NXT. But maybe it has to, right? Yeah. Like maybe so, if this yeah, was on the main they're, roster, they're, it just wouldn't be as cool. Well, if NXT they were doing is the main roster now, also. Hey, Tommaso said roster. that. Yep. He said that blatantly, like, man, everybody always asks me, am I going to go to the main roster? Hey, OC, welcome to the main roster. I love that. That's yeah. great. Well, be, it's also too bad they ain't getting paid like the main roster. Because I was worried because since they're doing, like, um, at Survivor Series, since they're putting the NXT guys in Survivor Series matches, I'm like, well, what are they going to do on um, TakeOver now? But they gotta build these new guys up, and now they're getting to the point like Raw and SmackDown, where they have like a lot of guys on the roster, right? For NXT, so now you gotta move these guys over, or you can move these guys over and say, okay, well, Adam Cole or Shayna Baszler or whatever, y'all go fight on Survivor Series. We still got, you know, Velveteen Dream or whoever on that can fight on Takeover. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and do these War Games matches and stuff. And NXT is going to have that. NXT is always going to have, at least for the current time, they're they're going to have a surplus of talent that honestly the main roster doesn't have because the, they've built everybody up pretty well. Everybody's had a chance to shine from one point or another. So if they like literally did singles matches, uh, they would they would have enough. They don't usually uh, fill up Takeover with a whole bunch of, of filler anyway. NXT TakeOver is usually limited to about four or five matches, you know, so there's not a lot there for them to have to fill. Absolutely. They can have the War Games match, have a couple of title matches, and I think after that it'll be be pretty pretty set you know one of the things i really enjoyed on um on raw and i wanted to touch on this briefly i feel like the the, the women's dynamic now that they're like the kabuki warriors are kind of heel ish it's it's been it's been getting kind of good i actually genuinely enjoyed the tag team match between the kabuki warriors natty and charlie flair yeah that was actually a really good match man and uh, I, I like their whole heel dynamic and then uh, of course kari saying you know spirit motherfucker towards the end like that sh- shit was fucking it was a good, it was a good situation, man. So they, so that shit's getting better. We seen uh, Cedric and, uh, and and Murphy again on, on Monday Night Raw. Also, an, also another cool match. That one, 
group. You know, I've seen them in so many matches at this point. Like, I feel like they left some things to be desired, but we already know what they're capable of. So it's still always fun to watch. It's uh, it's a bit of the problem. They 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 lean a little bit too much on guys, and I think that's when they why they bring up guys like Murphy and Ali, Mm -hmm. and and covet them. Right? They're like the crowd likes them. These guys can go, Um, but. The problem is, is it's kind of like what's going on with Seth, yeah. where Seth isn't a special attraction anymore. Yeah. Say what you will about Brock Lesnar, but when Brock Lesnar shows up, it's a big damn deal, right? Yeah. Um, but when Seth wrestles on Raw, nobody cares because Seth always wrestles on Raw. Mm-hmm. Seth wrestles every week. He usually wrestles half the show. You know, it's it's that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now with Bray Wyatt being champion, I think it's a good time to give Seth a little time off and give people a break from him. Uh, I know he's had a lot of frustrations that he's voiced like online when he was on uh, when he was on uh, the Graves podcast, but uh, I, I just I really think things come down to it being overexposed, and I'm worried about that with like Ali and you know and and Buddy Murphy and stuff if they keep doing these matches too often. They can go though, and and I get that. Like I get using them. Man, absolutely. So I got a, so I got a little insider info for what happened on NXT UK. So uh, for, former uh, Imperium member uh, Ilya Dragunov actually turned on Imperium, and now he's a member of Gallus with the Coffee Brothers. That's kind of dope. That's uh, you know that's another solid team that we don't we don't talk about much. We we got to get more into the UK dudes because they really put on a solid product. If you just like some good old fashioned wrestling. They really do their thing out there, man. Yeah, they do. For the, I, for the UK guys, man. I like. I mean, honestly, I think. I think for me personally, as a wrestling fan that's watched WWE for a long time, the reason why I dig NXT and NXT UK is yes. because they're doing something different. Yeah. You know, re- yeah. regardless, there's just some. There's something different about the presentation. There's something different about the way that they book the whole show. Absolutely. Raw, I feel like has been booked the exact same way for the last twenty plus years. And, <laughs> I just think that's the reason why at times it just feels the way it feels. I mean, I, I, I hate to, I hate to continue to, to, you know, cut on rocks. I think a lot of people do, but if you really want to talk about it, I think it's, it's the lack of, you know, changing things up. You know, yeah, the lack of new booking. Yeah, the lack of new booking, yeah, and, yeah. and also, I mean, honestly, well, you, you the you same people felt producing any changes it. in it since. Um, I do since like Paul Heyman is supposed to be. Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping the direction keeps going in, in a, you know, in a certain way that I've seen. I mean, some you ain't liking, the, you're not liking the Lashley style. No, nah, that's exactly what I don't like. You know exactly <laughs> what I don't like. That we Lashley that we style. talked about for two weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, you know, on the podcast. We didn't talk about it at all last week. We didn't even talk about. We um, did not go Lashley style last week. You nope. tweaking? And that we didn't. I and that was the episode damn. that um. That Bobby Lashley was um was making out with Lana over Rusev lifeless body. And we didn't even speak oh, on man. it. Man, ain't that something? Yeah, man. It's, it's, it, Cap know. over here shaking his head. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's 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 fucked up. It really is. But uh, but yeah, uh, something else cool that that really happened on Monday that I thought was dope. Um, the Lucha House Party got a new member and a, and a and a young lady by the name of Carolina. 
uh, who actually went ahead and uh, and, and continues to help Sin Cara lose matches. Yeah, uh-huh. unfortunately, I was about to say that <laughs> literally. And then, from what I understand, it's okay, man. Speak your truth. And from what I understand, she's already about to switch shows. That's the rumor. <laughs> so I don't know how how intelligent that was to introduce a new member and then kind of say, well, you know, here today, going tomorrow. Sin Cara dumped her ass. Basically, that's what's going on. <laughs> Look, I got with you so you could help me win wrestling you, matches. You ain't right. out here ready to You win think they leave matches. the mask on when never mind. Oh, but man. anyway, moving right along. <laughs> I would. I would too. <laughs> I would three. I would too. I'm saying, uh, have you ever have you seen those lucha masks after they done been worn and how sweaty and stuff oh, they be yeah. inside? Mm-hmm. They're gross. Fucking Phoenix used to sell those matches right off his face. My man oh, in um, man. Lucha Underground. My oh. man bought one from uh, from Bandito at PWG, and he had to wait a whole day for it to dry so he could have him sign it. That's yeah, crazy. I seen um, Drago at one of those WrestleCon events. He was selling used masks. I'm like, what is somebody supposed to do with these? They're gross. I mean, I'm hoping you're not wearing no, <laughs> wearing them. No, after no, that sweat soaks into that leather them. and fabric, it's just a keepsake. Right, basically. <laughs> Um, Rusev versus Drew McIntyre on Raw. <laughs> you know, good. it's weird because again, like it's not that Raw doesn't have talent. It's not that we don't like these guys. I like that Rusev's a face, and I like the direction that they're going with him. I Absolutely. think they needed to do something like that. But like Drew is a perfect example. What the hell are they doing with him? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> again, they just have these guys that they know can go and put them out there. They don't give their character any direction. They don't give them any motivation. And just being a badass ain't motivation for me. You know, like well, there's... Check, check this out, Cap. I heard this um, on. I said I heard it, read it somewhere online or whatever. But it it made some sense because so when they were pushing Roman. Everybody was like, oh, we don't want Roman. They're pushing Roman down our throat or whatever, right? Right. right. But now they're, what they're doing with Roman, everybody is cool with to the point where it's like, oh, well, if they brought Roman back into the main title scene, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like, feel like he's earned his spot now instead sure. of when he was getting pushed. So I feel like with guys like Braun, when Braun moved over to Raw, everybody was like, oh, man, Braun is next up. They got the rocket on him. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And then he just start doing dumb shit with them, like putting them against Saturday Night Live guys and teaming them with a 12-year-old, you know? I know and, exactly what you're talking and, about. And even I feel like they're going to team him this mania with fucking um, the Gypsy King boxer dude who he just fought. Yep, they're going to be tag team champions. Yeah, and it's like they're, they're doing all this stuff with him because they're like, we know we got time with Braun and, and Braun can bide his time. And then we can eventually put them in that scene. And I feel like that's what they're doing with Drew also. Right. Like, they know Drew can go, but Drew's got time on them. Right. So. Well, it's and it's weird, too, because it is. It's like, we have nothing for you right now, but we're going to make you look good. And we're going to keep doing things for you that you're, you know, relevant. Right. And I think, really, at the end of the day, the wrestlers don't care. Right? Like, as long as they're making that money, mm-hmm. as long as that money's right, they don't care. So they don't care if they're tag team champion or whatever. We care about that shit way more than they care about it, right? Yeah. It just it becomes one of those things. But that, we're the ones who make the company what it is. Are like you know they make their money off of us. Right. So we're we're invested. But you're saying we're more invested than the person who's actually playing the we're, character. We're more invested in championships and shit. But I think the thing with them is they're more invested in their characters having a, a something some substance, right? Yeah, just something to do. Just something to do, right? Like we saw Drew and Impact, and Drew was such a good heel in Impact, but it was because he had all of this like story stuff that he was doing and all of this like revenge and vengeance against impact and like 
so much of so much attitude but it was all directed in a very good way like whenever he was in a program with somebody now it's just oh like they're all like fucking action figures you know they all come out and they do their thing and they have their accessory with them and they fucking if they're a good guy or a bad guy they march down in the way they fucking do and then they have their match the way a fucking kid would have it where the kid doesn't care about storylines he's just gonna mash the kids the fucking action figures together for a little bit and then someone's gonna win and then walk off right and like you know what I've noticed with them in their storylines is that there's not enough of them and the storylines seem to only be built towards pay-per-views and not built just long for, overall. How about, or just for entertainment purposes, just to give them something to book on Raw so that they have something to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's, that's... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're watching a show, you know you know the overall storyline is going to be finished up in the season premiere or whatever. But within that overall storyline, you still have other storylines that are going on right. throughout that season they with different people. Right. And I'm saying, I don't feel like... I thought when they brought more titles in, there would be more storylines. Right. And it's like the women's title just gets thrown around. The women's tag titles don't mean shit. Like, you know, it's just like so many titles that people are just holding now. And there's no story going along with it. They're lazy as fuck. Even stories that don't have anything to do with titles. I'm going to give you the same comparison that I've given on the Steel Cage before. And this is real for me. I came into working as a sports writer for who I work for now. And I had all of these ambitions to write the way that my personality is, right? I make a lot of dumb metaphors and shit, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna make a lot of jokes in my writing. I'm gonna try to keep it entertaining the way that I have liked writers that I've read, right? right. I feel like writers that I've read in like ESPN and other websites always had a sense of humor, and I always liked a particular sense of humor. I tried to bring that over, and people that edit my work <coughs> and people I you know work with kind of zap a lot of that out of my article when I go back and check out the finished product. And it takes I'll have, all the personality out of it at that point. It just takes all the personality. Right, right. So, But the thing is, is that sometimes when I'm writing my articles, the hard part is finding it, trying to make it funny. It's it's not like my job is to watch a baseball game and to, and to report back on what happened. And I can make it exciting and such to a certain point. But then like to actually try to like make it a little bit more entertaining and add that bit of personality into it that's a little extra work right so what ends up happening is when i see that my editor edits all of that out after two or three articles Mm -hmm. then i'm like okay well i guess they don't want me to make those jokes anymore and at the end of the day even though like that kind of hurts my hurts my pride a little bit because creatively i want that stuff to be in there i'm like all right well if all (laughs) you want is me to write about the game and not try to inject any kind of you know creativity or personality into it that's fine. I can do that. I, and that way I won't have my feelings hurt about how much you cut out of my article. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like what happens is like that minimal effort starts to become like, this is exactly what we wanted. And then I'm like, all right, well, screw it. I mean, I'm going to get paid the same one way or another, whether I work hard on the article or if I submit this like minimal right. effort about how the game went down. And I feel like that right there for me is just kind of a metaphor for like, creative for wwe they have to do this every single week and it just becomes acceptable for them to like have this minimal effort for two out of the four weeks in a month you know what i mean so they do it just because it's an easier way to go about it like let's just put some matches together yeah but that's what i'm saying when you're watching it and you're just like oh well now we're having this lucha house party versus whoever match like who the fuck booked that and where did that come from (laughs) or we got this um War Raiders squash match against whoever the home team boys are. It's every like, fucking week. Okay. Exactly. Every fucking week. Well, show. they're waiting for um, 
Authors of Pain to, to, well, to come back. Right. War, right. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, it's just like y'all have nothing for the tag team champions to do. <laughs> like and I and I get it. I get where you have to like sustain it for a period of time until you get to the point where you want to be at, right? And you want to make like him look like the tag team champions look good, so you have a bunch of squash matches or whatever. That doesn't make them look good. It doesn't make them look good anymore. Though we're past those days, right? <laughs> but I'll say this much: it, uh, it, 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 it works sometimes. It, sometimes it works it when work. you're squashing somebody who is known, not an unknown. Like know. when Goldberg was coming out and he was. Killing everybody, he was squashing everybody. The jobbers mostly for a hundred of those hundred. That's like saying everybody I mean, in WCW is, is a job, <laughs> jobber. He was beating, he was beating real people with those moves. Well, he beat, he beat but Glacier. I'm saying that we, was a monumental thing. We we know what the what the Viking experience looks like. So yeah, to see right. you keep on doing it over and over again on nobodies, when you do it on somebody, it's not going to be exciting. It's going to be like okay. What was Glacier's super kick finisher? The ice pick. I don't know, man. Shit's that sounds about right. Why are you disrespecting Glacier right now? <laughs> no, we fuck with Glacier. He was he was in the AEW Rumble. Well, and yeah, he the, was. That's the thing about AEW is, and let's get to AEW because that's what yeah. the people want to hear yeah. about. Here, here's the thing is, is for me personally with AEW, there are some things that I didn't even think I was gonna like that much, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they put up on screen under their name their win loss record, right? In the first couple of weeks. My opinion of that was kind of an eye roll, and here we are, what, four or five weeks into it, and I was like, what's this motherfucker's win-loss record? No. I, I was like, well, so I want to know what it is. Exactly. Who that's what. That's what, um, and that's why Raw and SmackDown and just WWE has bullshit matches that don't matter because wins and losses don't, don't matter. matter. Right. And that's what I'm saying is, like, something as small as seeing a win-loss record. I was complaining about this to my wife about The Masked Singer. I was like mad because the mass singer doesn't do anything to tell you about. They have the judges guess on who the people are uh-huh. in the mass, and they don't fucking put up any kind of graphic or anything about how many they've gotten right throughout the season. And I'm like, I want a fucking tally board. I want a <laughs> scoreboard about who has had the most right answers throughout the season. And I'm like, it's dumb shit like that, but it's it is. It's like I know this competition doesn't mean shit because these are a bunch of celebrities and there's nobody like winning a prize or whatever but it's fucking one of those things that as a fan watching it I want to see that competition aspect it, of it. It makes it more know? like a sport. It does. And, and that's and, what it does. You're used to sports. You're used to people getting points and you're used to it ending up at something like absolutely. okay if you've won all these matches then you go to the What's championship. The level, and right? so that's why you want to see like okay there's no reason for like there would be no reason for Hangman Page to get a title shot before Pac if Pac has more wins and more wins against right. Page, you right. know, then right. it would then you would see that and you would be like, wait, okay, you throw your paper in the air and shit. Like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Now you just broke all your rules. This exactly. All is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. Like you this just told thing. me that this mattered the whole time and now you just said fuck it. <laughs> well, and but the thing is, is that they're smart enough to have tournaments and shit like that. And that stuff's the stuff that's important, right? Is yeah. they always have some way of people doing something to get in or whatever. And that's what yeah, we want. Like the buy-ins and stuff like right. that. Yeah, are, yeah, right. Yeah. Stop stop treating it where you just like, oh, okay, this month this guy got a title shot. Why? Look, just because. I was, I was thirsty as hell on that buy-in because I had 
it came up so quick and I was thinking about like my best friend's birthday and everything like that I, I'm like damn full gear is today and then I was watching the buy-in and as that fucking clock was going down I was like fuck I was like damn I'm, I want to watch this fucking pay-per-view I like scrap up fucking $50 real quick <laughs> I had to ask my mom like mom can you buy this pay-per-view for me it's, that's what that's what sense of urgency AEW creates with their product man. that's, that's fucking advertising but that's Straight dope up. though right and I mean also that's kind of the that's the purpose of like YouTube and doing shit online and having shit for free. Yeah, just to we've give talked about AEW yeah. dark matches and shit. Yeah, oh, AEW dark is because, great because everybody's got YouTube. So if you don't have cable, if you don't have access to be able to watch the product some kind of way, you can watch it on YouTube. And you it's can get like a piece quality it. matches. And it's they're not still like intertwining the story yeah. into the dark matches. Also, and it's not like the fucking Saturday Night Show, like we were just talking about a week or two ago with the what was it, Kenny and, and Joey Janela. In that fucking yeah. match. Oh, yeah. oh, that that it was, was like a pay-per-view match. That was a pay-per-view match that you can watch dope. for free on YouTube yeah. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> like, that shit is crazy, It's dope. Man. Well, it's and it's really smart advertising. Like, there's certain... There's some dumbass shit on YouTube I see, and then every once in a while, there's some genius move. Like, when a girl that sounds a lot like Lizzo buys <laughs> advertising time on Lizzo's song so that after you fucking done listening to Lizzo her song plays I've I've seen that happen on YouTube a couple of times and I've been like I'm like I'm like that's fucking brilliant like there's never a better use of advertising I've ever seen than attaching your song by paying for it to some like really big artist song just so that when people aren't fucking paying attention and it rolls over your song plays next my fucking playlist always just brings me shit that's like another artist anyway, so yeah. I'm used to that happening on YouTube, but it's a good use of advertising. And that's why when you listen to G1 to the Rescue, you'll only get G1 to the Rescue because <laughs> I'm not like anybody else. But, but how often do you how often do you go listen to that person that sounded like somebody or that they I've um, done it advertise? twice. I've done it twice. Because I've done it a yeah. few times yeah. too and found I out about have. and found out about people because the song played and I was like, Oh, this yep. is dope. Let me go see yep. so person where, where does the sex oh, and drugs do come from? That's that's how that happened. Yeah. Yep. That's how what was I listening to that it played that? I don't I don't know what playlist somebody's album ended and then it played that. Shout out to everybody. Because sometimes um Spotify does it where it doesn't even have shit to do with um, what you were just listening to. Like, if it's a commercial, it'll pop up and it'll be like, hey, you might like this. And then it'll just start playing somebody's song. Yep. Or it'll be like, hey, this is new on Spotify. And it'll start playing this shit. But um, It's important, it, man. That is I mean, how I found that Nomad dude was his song came on after our album. That's how I found yeah. out about Great Good Fine Okay, which is kind of like an electronic uh, pop sort of duo um, with one singer and one beat maker. I, I've literally found out about them just listening to like some sort of easy listening music. That's how I found out about that Eagles group when I was playing you that um, Oh yeah, yeah the Mary yeah. J. Blige re- um, yeah. <laughs> remix oh, that the guys <laughs> did. <laughs> Look yeah. man, you never, you never know. The point, especially when you're a musician, is getting, your, getting someone to listen to your music, right? Absolutely. So however you can make that happen. I know like that one dude that opened for you, I've listened to his music quite a bit, or that you opened with um, at your last show. Uh, that <laughs> the first guy or the, or the main guy? The, no, the dude that came on after you with the long hair. Oh, the, you listened to his oh, music dude. right after yeah, Atwood. At yes, yeah, yes. right. Like it's you know That's sometimes sometimes like you just all you have to do is come across somebody one time and then they become part of your you know your music you know your yeah. your, your playlist whatever I'm right. Bump, I'm gonna bump some Atwood. Right man. Shout now, out to Atwood. and so like with 
uh, AEW, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, you just got to get your your viewing people to view it, pe- eyes on it for free in whatever way, have people enjoy your product, and then they want to watch it. They might have TNT and might not be watching it, but hey, they're on YouTube and they like wrestling, and one of your clips comes up and they watch it. Next thing you know, it's just it's smart advertising. I know WWE does it, so I'm not comparing them or whatever, but there's just things AEW does. Like when you talk about the dark matches and the fact like they talk about them being unsanctioned and yeah. not going against their win-loss record. So it's like really when you just want to fuck a motherfucker up <laughs> and you don't care about it, it's going against your fucking record. Yeah, it's like a grudge match. It's like a grudge match, this right? This is and personal. I mean, I don't know. It's it's cool shit, man. There's things that the, – the only thing I don't like sometimes with AEW is the lack of like referees enforcing rules and shit, and I get it, but – when you have like time limits and all this other stuff, there's certain things that need to kind of roll and and actually have, you know, some 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 rules, some some yeah. things enforced because I don't know what fucking goes in some of these matches, right? But uh, let's talk about Cody Man. and Jericho. Oh my God! So this has been a great developing storyline that flourished into. Uh, a, a very pacey pay-per-view match. But, hey, uh, G1, before you get into all that, what's up? I just want to know the answer to this. Was the was the injury real or fake? Oh, the injury? That's real. That's real. That's yeah. that's what I see people my, talking about no, online. No, did my he, man fell. Did he cut himself or did he bust, get bust open my, accidentally? My man, he went face first to that fucking steel. Like I like when I tell you, because I saw cool. something that said that he's not clear for um he's not clear for, for in ring right now. No, no, because when I tell you he went face first into that steel, it was like it's like somebody like diving into a pool, but it was like yeah, bow, like it was bad, bad. I don't even mean to make light of it and make the sound effects and shit, but it was it was bad, like. You don't want to play those sound effects. Hell, man! Why'd you do that? Don't do that! No, no, no! He did. Ain't right, bro. But man, that. But you know what? That's why I appreciate the toughness of of somebody like Cody to even be able to finish the fucking match. Oh, yeah, Cody showed me in a few matches how how tough he is. How that guy keeps going. I mean, shit, he took that chair shot. Fucking at the yeah from Spears and and, and defended it. Defended it, you know what I mean? Like I was in the wrong place, right? Yeah, right. It was my fault, my bad. But you know, that's how how you do your guys to make sure that they don't get yeah fucking caught up in some bullshit. Like nah. But like the whole throwing in the towel thing and MJF, man, I'll tell you, it was good. And the only, the only, and I hate MJF. The only complaint I have about it is you knew it was coming. Everybody knew it was coming. Everybody knew it was coming. I wish I wanted it to like simmer for a little bit more longer, but maybe that maybe that's why. I was surprised that the the douchebag turn happened this fast, so it still caught me off guard just a little bit. But at the same time, nobody's surprised, you know. It's like when you have a piece of shit friend that proves to be a piece of shit, and you're just like, I fucking knew it. Right. I fucking right, cause I they knew just, it about you. It was just what the last. They they just had you know when Jericho and them was trying to get him to hit um hit him with the chair and he didn't, so then it was like um I get what you're saying it could have happened a few more like we could have got a few more episodes of of him dicking around whatever I mean but I get it too also because if they were gonna have uh you know if they're gonna have Cody put the his his shot at titles on the line in this match and not get another one. He, he he needs somebody else to feud with now. Yeah, we gotta have we gotta yep. build more stories. Yep. So now I think uh, I think Cody versus MJF is gonna be that's gonna be a solid. It's program. gonna be solid program. It's gonna be really personal. 
it's gonna be a lot of like I let you sleep in my house and shit like that. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, plenty but, of those. But I still can't believe going back to the promo you played to start this show. My how God. good that promo was! God, right? off the hip. And bro. like, there's just a couple of things there that really surprised me. Like, one is how good cursing still makes a promo. It really- <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. I'm sorry, but cursing just makes a promo so, so good dumb. because it's. It's how you are when you're when you're fired up when you're right. when you're ready to fucking really just go yeah, to war with not, someone. You're not editing what you're saying you're when you're not. mad, right? Exactly. But then the oh, this right here though. So you could get on Amazon for three dollars. Yo, but let's not act like Jericho didn't have a great promo oh, that video God, package. The video though. package, bro. That basically you know, that mimicked Cody's video. You know, it's, it's important. You got to pick the right bubbly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's, right. that's an important thing. Yo, what was and that's, what was that's one of the is, things that I love about AEW <laughs> is the freedom that they give the people that work there because yes. that's the shit that WWE would have stopped immediately. <laughs> like they WWE hates people getting themselves over, right. and they just and he just saw the opportunity to be like, oh, we're just gonna run with this Bowie shit. Like that's my that's my new that's shit. My shit. That's yep. my that's my 2019 2020 shit. But that's how Jericho you know? does, right? Jericho. Mm-hmm. I mean. You hey, made Chris, the list probably uh, wasn't meant to be what it is. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He does something, and this something one, just gets calorie. over. He's like, oh, you see how people react, and you're like, we're going to keep going with this. All of that best friend shit with him and Kevin Owens. Right. And just <laughs> right. shut up, you stupid idiot. Like, all of it's also all good. of that. What was he doing? Um, he kept getting the guy backstage name wrong. The <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> But I think I think for me the wildest thing about the the Cody promo it was something my friend Cam brought up from uh, from the South Congress podcast. He uh, he brought up the fact that it's like isn't that it wild? It's just some dude cutting a promo about how we're both entitled white dudes. Like that's basically <laughs> what the promo was like. You called me an entitled white dude. We're both entitled white dudes. Fuck you talking about? You know, like that's wild. This one low calorie. This one's better taste. <laughs> Couple options for the bubble <laughs> that Sammy Guevara brought. Him. Sure. He's like, sure. Yeah, you know, he zoned out. He can kiss him on his fucking forehead. <laughs> See, Spanish Chris God. Jericho was like a father figure to me. And when I heard he was going to be facing Cody, I just knew it was over for Cody. Because <laughs> Chris Jericho's the champion. That means he's the face of this company. Led because champion. He's the champion. Because he's the champion, he's the face of this company. <laughs> I've been knowing Chris since he was 12 years old. And he was as driven back so then. Yo, they brought back fucking. Right <laughs> brought back Virgil. So name another they guy paid the $20 of fuck money. Than Chris Jericho. Dead ass, Cody. <laughs> Dead ass, Cody. He got the Olive Garden buffet. Dead ass. With the meat sauce. And you're a boy. You don't even have chest hair. I remember when Christopher was just a young boy. I knew he was going to grow up to be an AEW world champion. God damn it, I love that so much. I'm praying for Cody that he's going to survive. Who the fuck gave you Christopher? Chris Jericho, he's in the prime of his life. He's, He's 48. The youngest AEW champion in history. <laughs> the youngest AEW champion in history. And then fucking Jake Hager says nothing, just looks, just at, looks the at the camera. Jericho is the greatest of all time. Oh, man. <laughs> it's 
fucking amazing. It's just, it, you know, much love to uh, all of Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, Sammy Guevara. Shouts out to Virgil. Shouts out to whoever that old white lady was. But that shit was funny. That as was, hell, um, that, that who was, was that? Great. I think it was. Chris Jericho's one of his teachers. Yeah, I think they said it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, talking about when I when Chris Jericho was a little boy, he, I knew he was gonna be. He AEW always wanted champion. to be AEW. Like, well, I know who the fuck gave you a crystal ball and told you AEW. That's why it's hilarious. <laughs> What's great about this, uh, at least to me, was mm-hmm. between these two promos, they really highlighted the fact that Jericho is kind of like this fucking father figure for these guys that are wrestlers, right? Right. Because he is a goddamn legend in this business. He really is. So, of course, he would have like a bunch of young guys that want to be around him and be connected to him. Impressionable youth. Like I want to be said. fucking, I would want to be in Jericho's inner circle oh, myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love so, like there's oh, yeah. that there's that proper motivation there for you that group to even exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yo, hell yeah. So like um, so yo, um, before we wrap this episode up, there's a couple things that I want to do. Did real we, quick. Did we touch on SmackDown? We did. Uh-oh, we touched we got, on. We touched on SmackDown. First of all, we got more. Congratulations, real quick to. Well, we still got a um, Patreon episode to do. Yes, so. indeed. Yes. Um, what Can I, I say congratulations to the new day? Though? New yeah. day. Yes, man. Congratulations to seven the new time. day. Seven times. Seven times. Seven, seven time tag team champions Big E and Kofi. Of course, uh, Xavier Woods out with an injury. Man, we love you, bro. We hope you get better. But he gonna be moving. We can talk about Xavier Woods down, on um. On, on the, the Patreon, Patreon which he's, we, been, he's been clowning on Instagram. Oh, uh, okay, for sure. But no, nah, man, much love to our guys. Can't keep Kofi without a belt for too long. We know that. But, uh, you know, still yeah, sucks I just want to see him as world champ. Yeah. I, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. Aww. You know what, though? I, I do like the versatility. I personally like the fact that he can step into this particular role and not have it be too much of a step down. Yeah, but I just don't day. like the fact that they didn't um, – that they didn't do anything like no him losing the belt backlash just oh I lost the belt I don't care yeah I lost the belt there's no there's no rematch he there's can't no challenge for it Brock yeah, quit but he's not even talking about it there's nobody saying anything except the announcer saying he like did. oh I guess he doesn't mind being tag champ now and I guess like, him as a character has completely accepted it and that would bother me too like that bothers me anytime because I don't understand it and I think that. I think everything should be built off of feuds and motivations and angers and lingering angers and you know that's how that's how face turns and heel turns all need to work and shit like that. Right. And, and they, the don't, fact they don't that properly you use it. You know what I mean? The fact that you didn't do a feud with him and fucking I can't think of his name. What's the other superhero name? Ricochet? No, the other one. The other superhero? Yeah, the dude who um Kofi took his title shot. I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, oh, Ali. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ali. Superhero. Right. Fucking Aladdin. Right. Um, <laughs> he is a superhero. Yeah, they be dressing him like a superhero just like Ricochet and shit. But um, they should have feuded after Kofi lost the title. Absolutely. Because you didn't that put... That because you didn't put... Um, Ali in the title picture yeah. after that. Yeah. But Ali should have been mad that Kofi got the title shot that was his. So at least you could have continued to build something off of that you see what I'm saying? instead of just saying, right. oh, we're just going to make you guys tag champs again. I have this theory that most older wrestlers should be heel and most younger wrestlers should be heel. And they should be heel in different ways. The younger wrestlers should always be brash and uh-huh. you should always kind of hate them because they want to come over and take the spot of somebody you like. 
and they should want to take it. They shouldn't care about who they step on to get to the top, so they should come off as heelish. Then you should always have your older wrestlers like Chris Jericho, who are willing to do whatever the fuck they can to hold to on to the limelight and stay relevant. And then you're going to have flare. the ones in the middle that are fucking super athletic, talented, that should be the ones that you really push. And I get, mean, Ric Flair went look, to the extent you know. of doing a record with the motherfucking Migos. Yeah, so. that's for real. <laughs> <laughs> As only Ric Flair would do, because he the fucking man. He but you know, that's, damn man. that's why I hate um, the fact Samoa Joe just keeps getting injured, because... Yeah. That's uh-huh. that's that guy, and he's not even like he's not the young guy anymore, but he's still the new guy because I don't feel like he's really did shit since he's been to the main roster. He's got like the U.S. title, but yeah, I still feel like he should be the guy who coming in and will do whatever to still get the yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. get the title. He need, title. To, be he need <laughs> to be he need to be on WWE what Jericho is to AEW. I I believe so. I think he got the stripes to do it. Well, what we were saying about Jericho is like Jericho would do anything to keep the title, but Samoa Smart Joe don't does. have the title yet. He should be, he's got to do whatever he's got to yeah. do to get the title. Should be yeah, that thing. But even prior, because that's Jer- what he was in NXT when that's when I was liking him yeah. when he was when he was like, oh, you guys aren't going to give me Shinsuke. I'm gonna just come through and murder and everybody fucking take yeah. and but and interrupt prior- the show and it won't be an NXT but until you, you guys give me what I want. If you <laughs> think about it, that's the same thing that Jericho was doing during his uh, his initial New Japan run. His, you know what I'm saying? Because he was kind of like, you know, hey, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just whoever, whoever want it, let's get it. And you want to put up the title, cool. If not, I'm gonna keep beating your ass until you put that belt up. So that's, a, I think it's a great tactic. But uh, we will touch more on this uh, on the Patreon episode. For those of you that have Patreon, definitely feel free to listen. For those of you that don't have our Patreon, get at Batmania Podcast at Patreon. Pay that money, support us. It's a lot of great incentives to being part of the gang. Also, as another, also a bigger incentive if you want to be a part of our group chat. Hey man, make sure you pay that money. What's that? A hundred dollars here? Yeah. For the group chat. And yeah, you guys got a snack of the week. Snack of the week, man. I'm gonna go back into Rosario Dawson only because I was watching Men in Black. You said that you making her a snack of the week again, or has she been one? I don't know if she's ever been one. Remember, I'm a little late to the crew, so like, I don't know if she's ever been one or not. But I do want to show a lot of love to Rosario Dawson because she's kind of been thrown in my face for the last couple of weeks, and I ain't even thought about it. Um, I follow her on social media, but also there's uh, so I seen I. Men in Black Two came on one of the TV channels. I got the cable with Hulu, um, so it was nice to see her then. That was my introduction to Rosario. She was in Zombie Land Two. Zombie Land. Oh yeah, that. that's what made me think about her again. I'm sorry, yeah, Zombie Land Two, man. Just looking as scrumptious as she wants to. Also, Top Five with Chris Rock, another one of my favorite films. Uh, but yeah, man, I think and we told you to watch Kids. And you that, said you haven't seen. Yeah, kids. yeah, gotta see Kids, man. But yeah, much love to the very beautiful, full-lipped uh, Rosario Dawson, man. Much, you know, yes. much love to Cory Booker. We know that's a dude, but hey, you got you got a Latina with some juicy lips. So sorry, she's cute. Not sorry. I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. sorry, not sorry. She not used to sorry, date Eric Andre. Really? Oh, yeah. I never knew that. That's an upgrade. <laughs> that's a fucking upgrade. dude. She was man. Oh shit! It, it was her and Eric Andre. I was like, "Wow, that's man. crazy." That's really, crazy. But I can, he really now outkicked that you his told coverage. Me I seen that. <laughs> <laughs> he had the um, <laughs> what, what what Rand used to say to um, the the HP or whatever to kick out the hit points. Because <laughs> he, he said he, he said he kicked out. <laughs> oh, Should have been a three count. He had the one count. <laughs> I'm gonna get snack of the week to Tegan Knox. Oh yeah, 
Ah, team kick. I love Tegan Knox. Oh, team thick kick. Love, team kick thick. And and then there's and 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 speaking of which, one last one. Uh, her name is Jamie Hader. Uh, she wrestled in an AEW dark match, and that was my introduction. Yeah, we ain't just later. throwing out snacks of the week. Hey, all really nilly. I know, but I, I had to. I hey, Rock, I lost um, control of the snack of the week. He's gonna be it's so like three good. of them, so you just I pick know. which one you want out of the three yeah, to put yeah, in the snack yeah, of the week yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. But straight up, ja- Jamie Hater, that's H A Y T E R. She's a nice little, thick little booty something, too. She's, right. she's decent, so. We'll get into that later. But anyway. All right, so yeah, we about to wrap Zario this up. Check us out on the Patreon episode. <clears throat> on there, we'll find out what everybody's um, favorite match from um, Full Gear was. Yeah, 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 man. And also, definitely, you want to keep up with Matt Mania Podcast. Of course, we on all your favorite social networks, at Matt Mania Podcast and at Matt Mania P-O-D on Instagram. Make sure you check out Cap at Steel Cage. Yes, sir. Steel Cage Podcast, man. Let them know where. Oh, you can get me on Twitter at Cap underscore K-Man with a K. T. They know where to find me, Teak <laughs> underscore Hall on Twitter, Teak underscore Hall on Instagram. At G1 to the rescue, a.k.a. Mr. Let's Go In. And on that note, y'all, we will see you on the Patreon episode, and then we'll also see you next week with some more wrestling news. Until then, hashtag wrestling is fun, and always remember to keep, keep your, your shoulders, shoulders off, off the, the mat. mat. Yeah, man, did y'all see when Rosario Dawson's up? Uh- You're listening to the Geekscape Network.